everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to talk about why moralism isn't enough. I'll share stories from my cult days and talk about things that concern me within American evangelical Christianity. As I prepared for this episode, I was thinking back over my days in Bill Gothard's cult, the Institute in Basic Life Principles, and he had this homeschool program called the Advanced Training Institute, or ATI. He sure did like his acronyms. And as I was thinking back, just growing up like that, and thinking about the way I really and truly believed that if everybody would just follow the same rules that I did, that the whole world would have blessings and success. I literally thought that it was my mission in life to make people around me want to be like me. That somehow by standing out and being different, aka weird, I was drawing people to God. I thought that if they started following God in the way that I followed him, they would start to be like us, to be like my family, to be people that I knew in the cult who acted like that. Like they would all be like us. And that was kind of like the automatic way of doing things when you recognized who God was and how to follow him. I literally felt like my goal was to teach my standards and my laws to the world around me so they could also be blessed by God. And I did some super strange things from good intentions. I was very moralistic. I had this idea of what the morals were, what the rules were, what the laws were. And I felt like everybody should be like this if they wanted to have blessings and success. I mean, that's what Bill Gothard told us. That's what I saw in my own life. That's what I heard from people's testimonies as church and in the newsletters every month about how as they followed God and they followed these steps and they followed the rules, they had things happen in their life that was obviously blessings. Obviously, the things that God was protecting them from danger and stuff like that. It was all very anecdotal, lots and lots of stories. Nobody could really prove what was really happening or not, but it really felt like that was truth to me. Now, this was days before I actually encountered Jesus and before I started to really question what was going on. This is deep in the cult days. This is like young teenage me, so probably 14 through 16-ish or something like that. I met Jesus when I was 15, but it took the next four years to really begin to question the Jesus that I was knowing now with the God that they were talking about. Guys, I see the same attitude in our modern evangelical Christianity these days. I see this desire for moralism, this passion for certain standards, for certain behaviors, to stop certain standards and certain behaviors, to just change people and make them like us, make them follow the rules that we're following. Because somehow if people follow the rules, they will therefore be good. And there is a weird thing within the law of our broken world where if we choose to live a moral life and we avoid sin and we avoid making dumb decisions, we do appear to be more blessed. Like there are positive things that happen as we make wise decisions. And we do avoid some negative consequences of just living in selfishness and foolishness. So there are some of these things that are just kind of intrinsic to the world that we live in, cause and effect. But moralism by itself is never going to save you. It's never going to actually solve the problem that is in your heart. 
rules and standards and character qualities and morality cannot give us the thing we need most. And sometimes I think that all of that actually keeps us from it completely. And this is the thing that truly concerns me about pieces of the evangelical church right now, is I see this moralism and this rigidity, I guess you say that word, and I see people who think they are doing it. They think they're doing the things that makes God happy with them, that makes God pleased with them, that will bring their lives blessings. And to a certain extent, it looks like it because, like I said, you follow a certain set of morality and rules, and yes, you're going to have a more positive life because you're avoiding these consequences that come from foolish decisions and selfish living. But I don't think the world is actually any worse than it's always been. People say this all the time. I mean, how many every generation, everyone's freaking out about how bad the world is, how evil the world is. They've been saying this for years, probably since the 20s. Everybody's been freaking out about every generation getting worse and worse. But I don't think it's any worse than it's ever been. Like it's always been broken. And if you look back over history with an eye looking for brokenness, you're going to see it. Throughout every generation, there's always been brokenness. Sometimes it's more covered up than other times. Sometimes there's just things that we don't think of as being broken and sin. It's just accepted in society. And it's just different things than what's being accepted in society nowadays. I think that you can see that people maybe used to clean up and go to church more on Sundays here in America, but I'm not sure that really stopped the mess from happening behind the scenes and behind closed doors. The garbage beneath that shiny plastic surface was just the same and just as terrible as it is now. There was still abuse. There was still trauma. There was still everything that we see very obvious in our society right now was still there. It was just being done more in secret. And probably other things that we have kind of stepped up and said, no, this isn't okay. I think of just deep racism and stuff like that, that we are really trying to stand up and say, no, this is not okay these days. And yet the things that were done to people that were not of the preferred race were horrible, just awful. And that's all sin. That's all sin. We cannot fix this broken world that we live in through morality, through laws, regulations, or training of, th- of such, like you must follow our rules. It's not going to ever happen. These things touch the surface, but we are broken at such a deep heart level that they will never be enough. Rules and laws and standards and our behavior will never be enough to transform our hearts. We don't need better clothes or nicer paint or more spiritual glitter. Guys, we need a heart transformation. And until our heart has been transformed by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, we are going to be just as messy and broken as ever. Even if we have the outside looking pretty good, even if we can rigidly make ourselves behave and look like we're moral and righteous people, our hearts are going to be desperately broken. Look at the Pharisees. They had it together. They followed thousands of laws. They were so strict. They were so rigid. And when they encountered God, they thought there was no possible way he could actually be God. And they had him killed. Guys, I'm afraid that's us. I talked about that last week. Like, this is just a deep 
concern that I have for the American evangelical church and our rigidity and our rules and our sure that we're right. Are we missing Jesus? Are we missing the people that he wants us to encounter and love? Are we missing the gospel? Are we missing what he's doing around us? Because make no mistake, he is still working. He is still moving. We just might be the ones left out, left on the sidelines. Guys, we need to encounter the scandalously lavish love and grace of God. And we will never do that if we think we can do it by ourselves. If we think that we have what it takes to make God happy with us, if we think we are trusting in anything other than Jesus, we are going to miss the beautiful, scandalous, and lavish love and grace of God. You will never get that if you don't think you need it. And that is what God so deeply longs to give us. Why did he so purposely pursue the messy people? The people that had nothing to do with Jewish tradition, that did not follow the law, the people that were living in sin. Why did he pursue them so rigorously? It was not to teach them the law. It was to transform their hearts. They saw their desperate need of something. They, they saw their brokenness. They didn't have this fake, like, look at me, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm following the rules. I'm making God happy. They didn't have that. They just were broken and they saw their mess. And when Jesus showed up and loved them and accepted them and welcomed them and gave them his scandalous love and grace, they were like, who are you? I need you. I believe. And as we talked about last week, it was that belief, that belief that drew them in. And it was the spirit of Jesus that began to transform them at a heart level to truly heal them in places that they were broken and to truly transform them and make them like Jesus himself. And the religious leaders, they missed all of that. They missed the heart transformation because they were so sure they'd already transformed the outside. When Jesus confronts them and he tells them that they were like an unwashed pot or a whitewashed tomb, that was so offensive to them. But he was telling them, the outside of you, you've got it perfectly put together, but your heart is a mess. You're such a wreck and you don't even see it. Guys, that's what happens to us. That's what happens to us when we are so obsessed with moralism, with following the rules, and with getting everybody else to follow our rules. We forget that we are so broken and yet so loved. It is such a crazy paradox that we can be so incredibly screwed up and broken and messy and helpless, and yet wildly, abandonedly, just delightfully loved and welcomed and accepted and wanted, just like we are. People who say that, you know, God can only love us because of Jesus Christ are silly. That's silly because God is Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is God. And he loved us enough to become Jesus, to be Jesus, to be down here with us in our mess, provide the way to him again through Jesus. But it wasn't like he has to like, oh, well, I guess I have to, I look at you through Jesus, so I love you. It's like he's just so excited to do that for us. He, he is obsessed with us to the point he's willing to sacrifice himself in our place so that he can be brought so that we can be brought back into that relationship with him. Like he adores us in our mess. 
He loves us in the wreckage of our lives. And he brings us back and he restores us. Look at the parables. Look at the parables of the lost coin, of the lost sheep, of the lost son. And then turn that around. In scripture, in the in the Hebrew and the Greek and all the old Middle Eastern way of looking at things, it's not the parable of the lost things. Those parables are about the people looking. It's the parable of the good woman who just continues to search for that coin. It's the parable of the good shepherd who looks for his lost sheep. And it's the parable of the good father who loves and welcomes his broken and wayward son home. And then who turns around and offers the same love to his son who is good, but thinks he already has done enough. And he misses the lavish love the father has for him because he's so obsessed with his own good behavior. They're about the good people searching and looking. And that good person is God. When we are so caught up in our own morality, in our own goodness, and in imposing that goodness and morality on others around us, we are missing the fact that we are just as broken as the people that we are despising and rejecting and saying they need to become better and be like us. We're missing it. And in missing our brokenness, we're missing Jesus. And we're missing the lavish grace and love that God wants to give us. Guys, I hate how much of evangelical Christianity here in America right now reminds me of my cult days. I hate how people are so fixated on changing issues and fighting for regulations and like so caught up in just the politics of it all. I'm going to make you do this. That terrifies me. I hate it. How quickly they reject and despise other people who are made in the image of God in the exact same way as they are because they just have different beliefs or they're living a different lifestyle that they don't appreciate or approve of. Jesus shocked the religious leaders by who he hung out with, who he accepted and loved, and what he did and didn't do. What if we're missing the point? What if there is a huge group of Christians, people who call themselves Christians, right now that are completely missing the point? That the point is not to live moral lives and force everybody else to live moral lives, but the point is to encounter a living Jesus Christ and have our heart transformed by him. The prophet Ezekiel talked about this. He talked about needing our stony heart transformed into a heart of flesh. That is what Jesus came to do for us. He did not come just to make us good people. He came to transform our hard heart that could never beat, that could never live, that could never pump by itself into a heart of flesh, a living, moving, beating heart that's beating in sync with his own heart. He came for transformation from the inside out, not for morality and laws. The law was never enough. It was never enough and it never will be enough. The only thing that we need desperately and that is enough is a heart transformed by God. And guys, we have access to this. This is the thing that just blows my mind. We're so caught up in these rules and laws and morality, and yet we have free access to a heart transplant. We just don't know we need it. Guys, what if in our zeal for moralism and to bring back moralism in this country, what if we are missing Jesus and the things that he's doing in hearts? What if we miss his love, and his grace in our lives because we think we're somehow earned his favor by our good deeds? What if there is a bigger and a better kingdom? What if there is a bigger and better kingdom than we can ever imagine? 
something we've never even dreamed of. And yet we are outside the gate because we think we're already in. My heart breaks for the church right now, for cultural Christians, for people who are so zealous for goodness and rules and morality and standards and right and wrong and things I think are so important and yet are not encountering Jesus, who are missing Jesus. Guys, none of that is ever going to be enough. It wasn't enough for me. But when I met Jesus, and as he has moved into the most broken places in my life, and in those broken places, I have found his love and his grace and his acceptance and the shame and the guilt he just takes away. And he reaches down and he says, yeah, that's broken, but I can fix that if you'll let me. Guys, it's just about surrendering to him. It's about surrendering to the power that he has and the things that he wants to do and the healing that he wants to bring. And as we surrender, as we move into that connection that he has given us through his death and resurrection, that deep oneness that he wants to have with us, we are transformed. Not by our own efforts, not by our own deeds, not by following the law, but because he is moving in our hearts. And he's making our hearts like his heart. And then we change. We change. But like Jesus, we may not change in the ways the religious people want us to change. We might not follow the rules they want us to follow. We may love the unlovable. We may do things on the Sabbath that seem like they're breaking the law. We may be so crazy that they call us demon-possessed. And yet we're following Jesus. Because that's who he was. That's who he is. Guys, I want you to meet Jesus. I want your hearts to be transformed by the spirit of Jesus as you encounter him in life, in truth, in love, and in the most amazingly ridiculous, scandalous, of just crazy grace that you've ever even dreamed as possible. That's my prayer for you. Jesus, meet us there. Meet us astound us, show us who you are in such a beautiful and simple and true and clear way that we cannot help but walk away changed because we've encountered you. We need you, Jesus. We don't need laws. We don't need rules. We don't need morality. We need you. And I know that you want to meet us in this place of brokenness and of hunger as we search for you, as we long for you. Will you meet us here? Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love to have you join me over on my Substack at christylynnwood.substack.com for newsletters, notes, and a community of people who are searching for the real God.